1: You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey, guys! Welcome, welcome back to the show. It's Nikayla here, and today in the guest chair we have. Erica Chambers, the CEO and co-founder of Puzzles of Color. Now, I really enjoyed what Erica had to say about how she and her brother co-founded this business smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. She used that idle time to really think through something that her and her family had done for years, which is building puzzles together. And the one thing they realized was lacking were puzzles that showcase people of color and after trying to get other people to do it Erica and her brother finally realized it was up to them to solve this problem. So we get into how they started, how they're growing, how they're realizing what to take off their plate and what to keep on their plate and so much more. So let's get right into it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the guest chair, Erica. So happy to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, um, Erica, can you share a little bit more about you know who you are, what you currently do, and what your business is?
2: Sure, absolutely. I am Erica Chambers. Um, my business is Puzzles of Color, and we actually work with artists of color exclusively to license their pieces and turn them into puzzles. Um, so we have anything from some smaller like 60 piece puzzles all the way up to 1,000 piece puzzles. With the majority of our puzzles being 500 and 1,000 piece. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my it's a family run business. My brother and I are like you know in the daily grind of um, also very involved parents that okay. are they also really help with the business as well. Um, but yeah, we uh, have been in business since July of 2020. So we are a pandemic baby. Wow. So <laughs> yeah. you are obviously a side hustler now tell
1: me Mm -hmm. was this your first experience with side hustling or have you started other side businesses before uh
2: this is my first experience my brother is a lot more adventurous as far as like has always wanted to have his own business he's always he's had several throughout um you know his lifetime okay but i have i've always thought about being an entrepreneur but never actually done it so this is my first like official step in that in that world and this is yeah my first time
1: oh (laughs) cool so why puzzles of color how did this come to be and you know where did the inspiration come from
2: We actually grew up doing puzzles as a family since we were very, very young, like elementary school age. My mom um, always had made sure that we had a puzzle to do to keep us entertained (laughs) during the winter break. She's a lawyer, so she's like, I don't have time to like (laughs) keep up with you kids. You're out of school, but I still have to work. And so like, it was something that she gave us as like a way to keep us entertained, to keep us like out of her hair, basically. Um, And we just really, you know, enjoyed it and gone on to it like for years. we did the same puzzle over and over. And then every year we just got excited about like, what puzzle are we going to buy this year? Are we going to do a thousand pieces? Are we going to do a 1500? Like we just kept growing and growing and growing. Um. And so as we got older, we realized like we were never finding, my mom was really big about like making sure there was representation. And so for her, if it was not a black person on it, or like she's of course, you know, appreciate all races, but she's like, I want you to see black people because we lived in a lot of predominantly white neighborhoods and schools. And so for her, like she was looking for puzzles that have black people and it was really difficult to do. We found a few, but not very many. And so as I got older, I noticed that was still an issue. Um, and so when I was pregnant back in 2019, I was doing a puzzle, putting a puzzle together to put in my nursery. And I realized like, I cannot find a black puzzle to save my life. Oh, <laughs> and, man. So, yeah. and so that was kind of like where I said like, Hey, William, you have a friend that's an artist. Like. You think she would be interested in turning her, turning that piece that I love so much into a puzzle. And then we just like, you know, grew from there. So
1: William being your brother? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So at that time, did you think it would become a business or were you just thinking, I want to commission this one time? Puzzle artwork.
2: <laughs> well, the idea was a one-time thing. And I specifically said, hey, you should tell Kwanzaa, this which is the artist, you should tell her to make puzzles. Yep. <laughs> and like, that was like lobbying it over to somebody that, else. trying to give somebody else a business. You should exactly. make for me.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, but then my brother, of course, with his entrepreneur history and experience was like, oh, that's a great business idea. Like you yeah. should do this. And then, you know, from there we started like looking at other artists, looking at the manufacturing, like mm. really trying to get all the details so that we could, you know, turn it into a business. But I will say we definitely have grown much faster than we ever anticipated. Mm, that's what happens <laughs> um, when you hit on a need, you know? <laughs> very true. <laughs>
1: Where did you even begin? You said you started researching factories and things like that. I mean, do you just kind of Google factory that makes puzzles? How do you even start yeah. that process?
2: <laughs> I tell you, that is the hardest part. of That was the, a very hard part, like just like figuring out how do puzzles get made? Yeah. Um, and so we looked up different companies and we we're trying to figure out like, well, how can we make this happen? Um, and a lot of the companies we reached out to, just based on like the quantities that we like, we were like, we don't know what the audience is, so we're like, can we order fifty? Mm-hmm. You know, and and they were like, oh, that'll be forty dollars per puzzle or something crazy. Wow. Like the amounts were like stupid high, and we were like, that's not feasible. Like we can't sell for that. So from there, we ended up actually, I found a book that's called How to Start a Puzzle Business, like I did or something like that. What? It's literally there's it a very book for everything. Long sentence. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And so, a person who had a similar experience of trying to find, you know, how to make a puzzle, um, ended up saying, "Like, hey, I did all the research. You don't have to." Um, And so, I read the book like literally overnight. And we had like it was Juneteenth. Was like everybody? We were all my family was off work, so we like went up my mom's house, had a barbecue, and I was like, "Okay, I read the book. (laughs) This is what we need." And we (laughs) and we started to like search for like a roller die machine mm. and like the, the kind of board you need to, and like a company that can print and mount and all this stuff. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> that is amazing. And I, what I love about that story too, is the fact that it's Juneteenth and you're like, all right, guys, here's how we are going to start this family business. You know, like how yep. symbolic is that <laughs> on that date? So now you yep. these pieces start coming together, um, but you work full time. So, How does your experience and what you do full time, if at all, how does that help with you starting a business and applying that to your own business? Uh,
2: Well, you know, that is one thing that's beautiful about, you know, being in a family business is that my, my brother and I are very complimentary of each other. Um, so he is a creative, like he, he works with all the artists and like finds the pieces. And, um, and he has actually, he used to work in printing, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) for a printing company. He's a graphic designer. He did our logo. And so he has that knowledge and that experience. Mm -hmm. And then on my end, I, uh, what used to be, I actually went to school for event, management um but i ended up in the corporate world doing project management and process management okay. and so i had like that very organized experience i knew like how do we get this project done like if we say we want a collection by this day how we need what are the steps to get to that point um, and so i kind of handle like the business side of like making sure we can we get our goals and he handles like the creative
1: side ah, that project management experience i mean that alone that just comes in handy. So and I mean your hospitality sure. experience, I'm sure, too, just dealing with different personality types, like which
2: yeah. like I, can, I can kinda 100%. tell the personality
1: background, but okay, I really love that. So <laughs> so now you guys are starting starting things up. Um besides like getting the materials and the physical aspect of the business together, what are some things you started to consider about, you know, what you really need if you're going to make this a serious business, a long-term thing. Like what are some ducks that you started to get into a row?
2: Uh, Well, you know, of course, just the general stuff of like licensing your business. Like William, when he, come, when we, we had a lot of different company names mm-hmm. in our head and he was like Googling them all. Like, okay, is this, this already exists? Like, you know, we, we need to go ahead and get the name registered, all that kind of stuff. Like that generic, yeah. just every business needs to have. Um, and when you say
1: registered, you mean get your trademark for
2: it? Yeah, well, not the trademark. We we did we actually didn't apply for that for a while, but like getting registered with the state, um, and getting your name. Yes, yes. Um, you know, like, yeah, I just
1: wanted to clarify that because, and, and yes. I like that you talk about doing it later because a lot of people get really hung up on, oh, I got to trademark this and all this other stuff. And, you yeah. know, that could come later as long as your name's not taken, you know, and you register yes. it and you start putting it in use. Not legal advice, y'all. Disclaimer, not yeah. legal advice. <laughs> but so many times people change their names. And so they, they start this trademark process and you're not even going to end up using that name so you see, you get your business. We, we
2: did we changed yeah. our name over time so oh, like did. okay yeah yeah we started we were gonna be puzzles by us or something <laughs> that i don't remember <laughs> um and we like we like had registered like not registered but like we had like created a facebook page yeah. and we i think we did register it with the state but then over time like i was up in the middle of the night breastfeeding um and was like you know what like if we really are talking about like we're working with artists of color we're you know wanting to uplift and show representation like why not puzzles of color to play on like people of color and so from there you know we decided to to change everything change up our name and change how we branded like our color scheme and everything um so it kind of grew I love the name and
1: I'm almost like wow that wasn't taken like that is just so (laughs) I
2: like straightforward names like I'm
1: that person (laughs) that I love a straightforward name because it just makes branding so much easier it just makes like marketing so much easier like yes you still Mm -hmm. have to put dollars behind ads and things like that but when people see the ads, they know what you are. They don't have to take 10 yep. more seconds to try to figure out what your business is. That was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what have been some of the challenges as you got started? You know, it sounds like it starting to sound linear, almost like you did this, and you did that, and then everything started to come together.
2: But were there <laughs> any tough moments and how did you deal with them? There have been a series of tough moments. Uh, I definitely have had moments where I was just laying in bed, like, "Why did I do this to myself?" But no one told I me. I was living this a business. perfectly yeah. fine life, <laughs> <laughs> and why did I set myself up for all of this work? Uh-huh. It is, um, it is a constant struggle. Um, mm. <laughs> we were very fortunate in that my mother just knows people she actually went to high school with um a person who's actually a local cbs newscaster and so she said hey we're starting this business and you really should cover us and he decided to 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 cover us and then from there we got um national news coverage and we were on cbs this morning and a few other shows which was fantastic um, however, that was a, that was literally, I think we had started selling in October and they put us on the news in January. Okay. And so there was a significant, um, <laughs> um, spike. uh, a lot of attention put on us mm-hmm. suddenly. a significant spike, that's the word. Um, and so from there we ended up, we actually used to cut in house. That was the way the book taught us. Like, this is how you make your own puzzles. And, um, the good thing about that is. During COVID, a lot of the puzzle companies were not taking new customers. And oh. so even if we wanted to hire a company, a manufacturing company, we could not find any. Um, and so we learned how to cut our own puzzles. And that was really the story that that was sh- shown across CBS and, you know, all the different newscasters. Um, and so from there, we got an influx of orders, like thousands <laughs> of orders within Moments, <laughs> and um, could no longer <laughs> keep that up uh, because literally, I think we had we had we knew that we were going to be on the news. Like we filmed it in December, and then it aired in January, so we knew that it was coming. So we like mm-hmm. every single day, we're cutting as many puzzles as we could, and yeah. I think we had maybe cut like two thousand puzzles, and we sold out before we the show had even aired in our city. <laughs> wow, <laughs> because it airs of course in on the east coast first and we were like why are all these sales coming in we haven't even shown on the t uh, we have it hasn't came up yet and didn't know that it actually does not air simultaneously so oh, man. um <laughs> so yeah we um had to you know handle like you know a lot of customer service things of like hey i'm so sorry there is going to be a significant delay and you're yeah. getting your order and did
1: you have any help with this at this point like When you're cutting, I mean, you're also working full time. So like, are you cutting mostly on weekends? Because every day can't be devoted to cutting these puzzles and and responding to people. So how are you managing that new influx?
2: Absolutely. So... Exactly. We uh, cut as much as we could. I mean, I was cutting every day. This is at my garage. Uh-huh. Um, but my, my brother doesn't live with me. My parents don't live with me. So they were coming on the weekends to cut. My brother actually at the time was working part time. And okay. so he was able to come you know, a few days a week. And we ended up hiring a friend of his that was laid off during COVID. And she was cutting literally all day when I was in meetings. And I was like, I just hear the machine running <laughs> in the background. <laughs> so we were cutting, you know, every day, but it was definitely significantly, uh, you know, not nearly as many a, a day as days we needed.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. And then customer yeah. service, was that you or your, your friend that you hired or
2: that was me um i handled every single handle and still do handle every single email that comes in and i like even like just um, after the show aired, it was just a lot of stuff was just people saying like, oh, thank you so much. I love this idea, you know, that kind of stuff. And like, I made sure that we responded to every single email because I'm like, they took time out of their day to go to the CBS website, to go to our website, to send us this message. And like, that is so special to us. So we responded to every single email.
1: (laughs) Would you say it's improved since then? So that was in, you said January. Now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how is it feeling like as the year went on? Like, how did you get a handle on managing demand, managing supply and mm-hmm. managing fulfillment?
2: Well, from there we did, I mean, I know you're talking about challenges. Like one of the big challenges was like, eventually we, we knew that this was not sustainable. We have to hire a manufacturing company. And so we hired a company that, was just getting into the puzzle business which was a good Mm -hmm. thing because it means they could take our orders when other people were saying no we're not taking anymore but it was a bad thing Mm -hmm. in that they had a lot of issues and so Mm. like they would say they told us we would get our puzzles by mid february we didn't get them from them until april or may and so that (laughs) was an issue um we ended up so we've gone through different manufacturers um and but eventually we have we finally have gotten to a better place there um where we now have a manufacturer that we work with. We have a couple of manufacturer sources mm-hmm. that we can work with. And, you know, we have puzzles in-house where we can like ship them out as soon as the orders come in. And that okay. has just significantly made things <laughs> uh, much easier oh, and good. a lot so less So you stressful. have more inventory
1: in-house now.
2: Absolutely. Oh,
1: yeah. wow. And
2: what? made you
1: decide to launch a business during the pandemic like what I love the fact that you know so many people were I mean that it was a rough time and a lot of people were discouraged from doing anything Mm -hmm. but you were encouraged to start this whole new business um
2: (laughs) why why do you think that is Uh, well you know this podcast is about side hustle. For me, it was (laughs) actually the thing that that really made the decision for me was after I Mm -hmm. got back from maternity leave, because I had the idea, we had the idea in 2019, Yeah, didn't start the business until 2020. But my daughter, I came back from maternity leave and my job had changed. They'd moved me to a different apartment. I was doing some of the same work, but I was doing a lot of different work because at my day job, I do a lot of things involving events. and. There were no events during COVID, (laughs) and so with that i was like i am just not in my passion and we have this idea that i would be very passionate about so it was kind of like if i'm going to be doing something that i don't love like how do i balance that and how do i find something
1: to to make
2: myself feel you know fulfilled outside of this job um and so that was kind of the reason why we started during the pandemic, and also just like, hey, we're not doing anything on the weekends. We're not going out, you know. <laughs> so yeah. like, we yeah. can do, we can afford to start this business, and it was it worked out well for us because like we had like our you know little COVID bubble like where we saw Mm -hmm. each other. We didn't ever have like that feeling of isolation that so many people were having, um, because we were constantly around each other. So the pandemic worked out in that way.
1: Yeah. That's really, I love hearing stories like this because, you know, it's so hard to hear when people, you know, have gone through, um, this time and and while it's understandable i think it's it's also nice to hear of like stories like this where you you were able to channel that into something positive and, and and really grow it from there what about upfront costs in terms of you know a lot of times people invest a lot of money on the upfront side into their materials and their supply you know all the cost of goods and yeah. they don't see that profit for a while. What's been your experience with uh, Puzzles of Color?
2: Well, we were really lucky in that the upfront costs weren't insane. Like the machine itself, like we, we we sourced around and found like a U, well, actually we ended up buying a brand new machine, but we bought it from overseas. Mm-hmm. And so it was significantly cheaper. We were looking at okay. some U's and things like that. The dyes and all that stuff, we knew that like margin wise, we were okay. And we knew that, if we buy, you know, X amount of the puzzles already on the boards, that we'd cut them and we'd sell them for a certain amount, and so we knew that we could balance it out. Like, oh, we can only if we sell 100 puzzles, then we'll break even, or whatever it was. Yeah. And so the upfront cuts lo- costs luckily were not um, too too bad. Um, mm-hmm. The maintenance costs are a different
1: Spring is my
0: favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
1: Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So what's involved in maintenance? Well, for us, now that we have, you know, a manufacturer and you know sometimes we're going overseas but sometimes we're local it's it gets really expensive the shipping of things Mm -hmm. the and the cost of like now with the volume that we're buying is so much higher than what we were buying before (laughs) and so that's a lot more upfront cost, you know and then you know hope that that one that puzzle sells as well as you as you hope it will um and so that that part it's like oh this is a pretty expensive to keep up, but, yes, <laughs> but you know, it takes money to make money.
1: I guess <laughs> it is what takes money to make money. <laughs> are you having to like pour almost all of it back into like the, the next big batch order, or are you able to retain some of that to hire more to pay yourselves? Like how, how has it been? Cause I mean, it's still, it's less than two years old.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we, did not pay ourselves the whole we paid ourselves, I think, well actually no, we didn't. I was gonna say we paid ourselves the first year, but we didn't. Um okay. <laughs> we just started paying ourselves this year, uh okay. in 2022. Uh so we and I and I I was like, listen, this is too much work for me to not see anything out of it. Like you <laughs> know, the whole point of this was to get paid and so we, i was like that was like one of the things that i said is the absolute goal this year is to pay mm-hmm. ourselves even though we are putting a significant amount back into the business yes. so you know we're paying ourselves technically but okay. <laughs> not enough to, to well, live with not enough to live still, off of <laughs> it's still something
1: i like that you said that goal and you know what did it take to achieve that goal in terms of um, product mix? I'm really curious because you you touched on I you know I hope this puzzle sells. Mm-hmm. So are you doing any kind of consumer research first and trying to figure out what's the right amount of puzzles to have on the site? How can we test a puzzle before we go and invest in making a whole bunch? What's that process like?
2: Uh, it's still very much a work in progress. Uh, we have done like i know one puzzle we have just that just came out um is called sisters and it was actually uh-huh. done by the same artist that did our our puzzle that we did in the first collection called black Boy joy and people were asking for that puzzle they yeah. saw they'd seen it on like the picture that we the, our artist picture it was in the background and they were like where is that i want that, where is that behind her and so we've had a few where it was like okay there's a demand for this like or, yeah. you know, they may be like, oh, I see that we have a puzzle with a father and son. Can I get up? Where's the mom? You know, that kind of thing. So we've had, yeah. you know, some feedback as far as that is concerned. And we've been able to, to try to find something within that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is still very it's also like, hey, we don't have this yet. Like, let's try mm-hmm. a puzzle with this and see what, yeah. what happens. And, um, and, and then also knowing your demographics, like we know that like, we have a lot of female buyers. We know the age ranges that we're working with. And so from there, we kind of think of like, what is what is in the mindset of those consumers?
1: Speaking of those consumers, now let's touch more on marketing. Now, I know I said that the name speaks for itself. It does, <laughs> you know, part of the work for you. Mm-hmm. But... After the CBS story aired and, you know, that dies down a little bit, how do you maintain Mm -hmm. the marketing? What are some things that you do to generate interest and awareness of your brand?
2: You know, we have not run an ad campaign yet. We have been very fortunate in that. We, we we got a huge mailing list after CBS, and we've had we were just recently on the View, and we got oh, so nice. we got a, a, an influx in of mailing list there. Yeah. Um, and so from there, we've really just been able to kind of like send a lot of like marketing emails mm-hmm. to our to our existing list. Um, yeah. But I think where we do spend money is events. Mm -hmm. Um, we have gone, we just came back from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Um, we were just at a trade show that we went to in February. So we're trying to like get out there because we know, one thing we do know is like when people see us, they buy. Um, yes. and they may not, they know, you know, you may not always get them on social media ads, but like when they see you in person, they really, it's like, oh wow, I have to have that. Um, so we actually attended the state fair, um, we're in Texas. So this Texas state fair last year, and that's like a month long event. We only did half of it, but we just like got a huge influx of people from there. Um, and that's like just where we really spent a lot of our money is like events and then we also do have like, of course, like a lot of cross promotion with our artists. Like if our artist has an event going on, we are promoting that. And then the artists are mm-hmm. also, of course, promoting their puzzle because they get a percentage of all the sales.
1: OK. And, and thank you for mentioning that, because I was curious about that. Do you work with more than one artist? Do you?
2: Yeah. Yep. We have um, out of the you know 14 puzzles, we have 13 artists. So, yeah, we oh, actually
1: was that a conscious decision to go with more than one person rather than like have one artist do many different puzzles?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, there are definitely some artists where we're like, Oh my gosh, you have so much great stuff. Like we're going to have to come back to you. Um, But we did make a conscious decision of working with multiple artists because like we want to give multiple artists that platform that we Mm -hmm. um, provide. And then also it's really good because we have different styles. Like, so you may not love the art of blossom, but you may love do what makes you happy or, you yeah. know, whatever, like you, you, it gives everybody a chance to find something that speaks to them.
1: Right. And matches your aesthetic a little bit more. Exactly. I, I, I imagine some people are, you do the puzzle, then you want to frame it and, yeah. and just like, you know, have it as art. So Absolutely. I, I think that's, that, that's a, really cool decision now yeah. you mentioned your email list mm-hmm. so you know email lists they're one of those things that sometimes people think it's really easy or it will just come you know organically people will go to your website but it actually takes some skill to get people to give you that email especially mm-hmm. if they haven't purchased yet yeah so uh, what are some tips that you've learned in your journey so far what really helps with building that um, email
2: list Um, well, we have like a pop up just automatically on our website and my brother Bought me over that. He was like, I. I was like, Are you kidding me? I am like pop
1: ups. You have to do this. The, like, the thing <laughs> is, I always think about taking out. I just, me too. Like, I feel bad sometimes, but then you you look at those signups. Exactly. You look at those conversion rates,
2: exactly. I <laughs> mean, like, literally, okay, I mean, people are signing up. Exactly. I'm like, you can give off five percent. Like, it can be a tiny amount, but people will do it because, like, I mean, yeah. heck, why not? Like, I mean, even if I'm not yeah. gonna buy something now, I'll say I'll use the code eventually. You know, and so right. uh, that. Is a big source, um, but also when we're at Vince, we you know ask people to sign up for our mailing list there. When we uh, have been on like the TV shows and things like that, we've gotten some signups that direction. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of like other sources, but I think that's really been mostly it. The, the pop up is like a big mm-hmm. source of of our sign ups. Yes,
1: I, I I'm glad that you you mentioned that because you know they've even kind of rebranded pop up mm-hmm. so that we don't feel as bad as marketers. Yeah. You call them like the hello bar, yeah, the uh, welcome box. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, I think, <laughs> I think it's, that's it's what ours is a welcome what box. What we're doing, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> welcome, we're welcoming people and we're saying hello. So just. Think of it like that because it, it actually works. You guys, you yeah. might think it's annoying, but do it, test it. And you will see that conversion rate yep. is extraordinarily high. Um,
2: and then also there's text. We also have yes. a, like, we just recently started doing the text message marketing as well, because I know for me, I sign up for, for mailing lists and I don't always see them because they go to that separate promotion box or whatever. Right. Um, and so we actually also have a text um, text, membership and it's called like puzzle club. Um, and so from there people uh-huh. can get a discount and they also hear about like, we had uh, a flash sale for two, two, two day. And so, uh-huh. you know, they get like all kinds of random flash sales and perks from that as well. Okay. <laughs> And what, where did you um, incorporate
1: PR into your strategy? Is it Was this a, another conscious decision or is it something that kind of came about through relationships and um, organically?
2: That was something, that, again, came this year. We were lucky that we kind of were able oh. to ride the wave of the PR that we got last year. Um, but we just were like, okay, we know that you know, we can't go to every <laughs> event in every state. And so we need to get in front of people's faces in a different way. Um, and another thing mm-hmm. is like, we were, we were pre- predominantly on television, just like organically, because a lot of other, you know, once you've seen on one thing, you get picked up on other places. Um, but we were like, well, yeah. we want to get into magazines and all these other sources of media that we don't necessarily have an, an insight into. So that's where we were like, okay, let's let's see about hiring a PR person to help us with that endeavor
1: very smart because yeah you're right there's so many places where your consumers are Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they may not come across you is as awesome and amazing and and far-reaching as television is Mm -hmm. you just you're not hitting everybody crazy enough right
2: (laughs) i listen like i see love is blind and all kinds of random shows and i'm like i have netflix but i have netflix i have hulu i have so many things and like we're we're on like you know regular television people there are a lot of people who don't even have television anymore because they have all the streaming that's true i mean it is a very saturated (laughs) uh, market for sure for sure
1: (laughs) now that you are in the space where you're doing so much more business how are you juggling the full time and the side hustle, making space for both. Especially, in, are you virtual? or are you are you going into the office? Yes,
2: I, we work virtually. I actually happen to be just off today, but um, <laughs> I I will tell you that is one very that is definitely a struggle, especially recently, <laughs> is yeah. balancing and juggling. I also have a two year old, and so. Yes. Um, I work a full job and I will work a full day of work. I actually just recently ended up sending her to daycare because she was, she used to be at home with me on top of all of this. Um, mm-hmm. but sending her to daycare was a big help. Um, I work a regular day job and then I take a break after she gets off of school and we have mm-hmm. lunch and, you know, or dinner, um, and we play and then I go back back to work and i yeah. start working on puzzles of color at night so it is a, a lot
1: <laughs> wow more power to you i know about having that yeah. little two-year-old um co-worker at home
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i know absolutely. i know how that and goes <laughs> it was magical when she was really really little i, I yeah. loved it but once yeah. she got once she got mobile i was like all right daddy. gotta <laughs> get out <of> here. <laughs> And it's also just I like, love you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so cool
1: for, to see them, though, what they're learning and, and how they're interacting yeah. with their little fellow, yeah. you know, short little people. So <laughs> exactly. So um, before we get into the lightning round, I'd love to know a little bit more about how you guys are thinking about the business. Uh, moving forward, you know, like how you're thinking of where you want to, how you want to expand it or how do you want to maintain it in a way so that it allows you guys to not be so, so hands-on. Yeah. If you're starting to think through those things, like I'd love to hear how you guys are approaching it.
2: Absolutely. Well, I will say we are very fortunate. Also, I didn't, my dad is just retired um, fairly recently, like months, a few months ago. So he's able to really help take a little bit of the pressure off. Um, and honestly for us, because it is like such a famous and we're getting to spend so much time together, we have kept a lot of things that we didn't necessarily have to because it was just nice to all be together. (laughs) So we have kept a lot of things that we don't necessarily have to, but one thing we are working on is actually, um, we just um, started working with a company that can help us as far as like the retailers and getting into the retailer and managing Mm -hmm. that relationship. Because that is one thing that I don't feel like I've been the best at is keeping up the relationships once we've, once we've worked with them. Um, And so we are just kind of thinking about like, what do we like to do and what Mm -hmm. do we not? Because either we pay ourselves or we pay somebody else, but it does have to get done. And so like my brother loves the graphic design. He likes to create So what are the other things that you're doing? And let's get those off of your plate. Um, And same thing for me. I just hired somebody to handle our taxes because I cannot do it anymore. (laughs) Um, And so, like, you know, kind of trying to figure out, like, list all those things. And what do you like to keep? What what do you want to keep? And then what do you Mm -hmm. not like? And and that's Mm -hmm. kind of been our approach.
1: Yes. And the good thing with listing, too, is that you start to kind of, write down uh what people need to help you with because when it's all in yeah. your head and you're just like i just want a social media person or i just want to you know yeah. this person to do this is like well what does that entail what does that look like
2: <laughs> how yeah. many hours does that require exactly um, so yeah and then you realize you don't even realize how much you you're doing because you're yeah. just so busy doing it yeah and so like definitely it's like oh man I it comes a lot a of time on that stuff and i <laughs> yeah. that's not that's not the best use of my time and so yeah. really that was been like the way we've kind of established like okay i'm spending way too much time over here i need to be mm-hmm. doing this let's list it out and, and start knocking them out <laughs> yep
1: all right so we're going to jump into a quick lightning round you just answer the very first thing that comes to mind are you ready okay number one <laughs> what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the side hustle
2: pro audience I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is is the list. Like I am a, I mean, of course I have a puzzle company. I am a very analog person. (laughs) (laughs) And so I write things down. I can, you know, I can do a list on the computer, but it's not as effective for me as writing. Yeah. So that is a resource (laughs) uh, that I use in a notepad is having a planner every year I buy a planner.
1: (laughs) Okay. Number two, what's been the best business book or podcast episode or content that you use to feed your mind that you've consumed this year?
2: Very much podcast. I wish I had time to read. Um, well, I am like so swamped. Uh, so I definitely listen to a lot of podcasts, including yours. So I'm really excited oh, to be here. Thank um, you. <laughs> I also listen to, um, there's a podcast called CEO School that I listen to. Like I listen to a lot of like podcasts about mom entrepreneurs because I feel like yes. it's another level when you have a yes. little one in yes. a business and all those things that you have to balance. Um, so mm-hmm. those kind of, you know, things that can help me to learn while I'm multitasking are really yes. helpful. Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> number three, what is a non-negotiable part of your morning or day
2: routine? Dropping my child off at daycare. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. I'm telling you the day, like she's, <laughs> she's had like sniffles <laughs> lately and I'm like, uh-uh, yeah. knock that out. Get uh, some Benadryl. Uh, you gotta out. go. <laughs> Like, oh man and I, 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 I oh really you know I hear you okay yeah number, and I'm lucky that g- because because my dad is retired I'm lucky that like if if she really cannot go to daycare I'm like yeah. dad I need you to come pick her up like I'll yeah. come over I'll come to you whatever my son but is with his her. grandparents right now <laughs> shout out
1: to the grandparents that's why we moved back to New York 100%. Like, he's not in daycare yet for you know a little bit while longer, so yeah, it's it's totally grandma, grandpa daycare. So yeah, and
2: thankful to them. So
1: I couldn't yes. do this episode with my you. Okay. my papa
2: shark is what my grand what my baby calls him is papa oh, shark. Yes,
1: papa let's go shark. visit papa shark.
2: <laughs> um, number four.
1: Now, what is a personal habit that you think has contributed to your success?
2: I think the list honestly is a big thing. Like, in like the fact that I already am like a fairly organized person that just Mm -hmm. helps, you know, I think, I mean, there's so many things that you have to do as an entrepreneur. And so like getting that stuff in in order for yourself so that you can attack them um, is is key. And -hmm.
1: then finally, number five, what is your parting advice for fellow women side hustlers who want to pursue that idea, but are scared of going after it?
2: Oh, I mean, I think definitely look at the marketplace. And if, Mm -hmm. if it's a problem for you, it's probably a problem for somebody else. Like, I mean, there are so many things that you think that you're just the only one. We didn't yeah. know that that any other, anybody else was looking for puzzles by Black people or puzzles by, you know. Yeah. And we were, we kind of just jumped out on faith, but like the response has been amazing. So I think like trust your gut is a big yep. thing and that we've had to do. And um and it's, it's really guided as well.
1: All right. So where can people connect with puzzles of color after this episode? Where can we get
2: our puzzles? Sure, absolutely. We are puzzlesofcolor.com and at puzzles of color on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn all of the about TikTok um, and then also right. we have a podcast <laughs> where we um, where we interview our artists and we get like um, some feedback from them as far as like their creative process and the things that in- inspire and motivate them so oh, feel free to look out look for vibing with yeah <laughs>
1: I will link to that you guys all right well Erica thank you so much for being in the guest chair I'm so excited to have you here I can't wait for everyone to listen and um, You guys, there you have it. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.